2: Hey, Blenders, it's Sean, and I'm here to introduce a new bonus episode of Real blender an interview that we wanted to bring to you that we didn't fit into the main show. Uh, it is the creative team behind the sequel that is coming to theaters, Don't Breathe 2. And we got a chance to sit down with not just executive producer uh, Fede Alvarez, who directed the first Don't Breathe, but the uh, new director of Don't Breathe 2, who is Roto Se Aguez. And we're happy to have them on the show, uh, getting into the construction of the world of Don't Breathe, uh, catching back up with the blind man, played by Stephen Lang, and the reason why they didn't want this to become a traditional sequel. So I think you guys are going to like this conversation. Uh, It is the team behind Don't Breathe 2 here on Real Blend. I was doing research for the film uh, and reading back over a lot of the interviews, and at one point, I know when you guys were kicking around the idea of a sequel, uh, you had a pitch that Sam Raimi, of all people, called uh, the greatest idea for a sequel I've ever heard. And, I mean, that just hit me as either... I needed to know, is your opinion of that, like oh, great, he feels that way? Or is it, Jesus, Sam, don't say that because of the pressure that comes with a statement like that.
1: I remember we were there going like, oh, boy, he just said it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it yeah, obviously it came with, uh, we knew that was going to bring the expectations really high. Uh, part of our secret weapon on Don't Breed 1 was there was no expectations <laughs> whatsoever from the audience. Uh, we were talking earlier today, like uh, this idea of you know, satisfaction is is reality minus expectation <laughs> so that's that is what uh, when the audience goes in I'm like i don't know I, I heard it's good but whatever and they get a show and well wow it feels great so once you throw that in the table which by the way it is the same idea it could have happened that back then when we, it was another idea that we dismissed for some reason but no it is still what what you've seen in the movie Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a big pressure, (laughs) but it's fine. I think, you know, it comes from Sam, it doesn't come from us. So that's good if someone else says. That's
2: true. That's true.
3: Yeah. So I I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything from the second film. So I do have a question going back to Don't Breathe One, um, because, and I'm sure you guys get this all the time, but turkey basters have never been the same since. I mean, just like seeing them, it, it genuinely is one of the most horrifyingly shocking things I've ever seen in a film, just because it just hit me. And, I, and honestly, it blew me away the first time I saw it. So I wanted to ask you, what was that for you guys growing up in, in, in terms of watching horror films? What was that What was that moment for you <laughs> in terms of like something that hit you so hard in a horror film that it just it just blew you away something that shocked you like that much
4: there you go well i'm trying i'm trying to spot that i don't know man i don't know uh i think
1: it's fug me jesus
4: oh yeah yeah oh, for sure yeah, me jesus. yeah oh no 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 let let let, well, let jesus fuck you yeah that's a line in the exorcist oh my yeah. gosh uh, yes. yes and you know what that that always yeah let jesus fuck you while she's uh you know doing that thing with the, with the cross I think for we went to we went to a Christian Catholic school, both of us. That was probably the most. Yes. That was probably the most. That so was not right. The, yeah, the and most I like, shocking, traumatizing thing I've, I traumatizing thing I ever seen. So in the a crucifix movie.
1: were never the same for us again. Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was your turkey baster. All right, cool. I got. But, it. And you know,
4: and you know what? It, every time we're we're writing a movie, coming up with ideas, we tend to to get for some reason. Well, not for some reason because society and, and, and art is being like watered down and we have become um, sorry but we become uh, uh, cowards pussies you know and like we go like no we need to be softer and softer and then we, we remind ourselves like wait a second these guys did that scene 40 years ago like shame on us you know like we have to push harder and harder and harder um, particularly horror I
1: think that was a lot of our yeah. motto on Evil Dead um, I think back on those days <laughs> You could, I don't think none of those movies we made could be made those days. But uh, back in those days, we were like, we have to push it. I mean, that's what people expect from horror. That, I mean, that's what the best horror has ever done. Like, the the classics, go to any one of those. There's one moment that you go, what the? It, it just stays with you forever. And uh, and that that makes those movies, you know, it's just, it, it is a movie in itself. But they, we really believe they always have one concept, one idea you never saw before, even because it's challenging at some level, because he's it is extreme in some of the, or, or you just never seen it before, it blows your mind, so it stays with you and makes you recommend the movie. Something when you on, on Don't Breathe, it was like, it's one of the things that makes you tell your friends, like, I've seen this movie. Look, I, It doesn't yeah. matter if it's good or bad or whatever. you got to see it because there's this moment at the end that I just want to know how you feel
4: about it. <laughs> I just want to see
1: or you. Or you just play the movie to your friend just to see their face when the moment is coming and just see how they react. So we, we it's not that, that we really try to find those moments. I mean, honestly, the, the, the true story of what I hear about the turkey baster was we knew... What the blindman wanted in the movie, that he was to get the kid that was taken away from him back, and uh, so oh, how you mean. do that, he has to force uh, Cindy, the the girl that killed and ran over his child, while being drunk, um, uh, the, to, to, to 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 give him the kid back, and, and like he says in the movie. Is a like he he claims he's not an addict, he just he just sees himself as a hero all the time. So so I think he he did he was gonna do at home a homemade insemination, right? The homemade insemination. And um, and we thought, how do you do that? And we didn't know how to do that. But we know that if you're you know, if a single a woman that wants to have a kid and wants to do at home, this is based on reality, that's what we Google, uh, it says, you know, you go to sperm bank, and, and you get the sperm, and you put it in a microwave, and uh, and then with a turkey baster at home, this is all, yeah, no this microwave. is not me being no a science, a it's a Science. Fucker. this yeah. is just what you will find an <laughs> anti-medical, like, sperm bank in any place. It's a turkey baster, it, it says microwave, believe really? it says microwave, just very low, uh, you know, on, like, oh, you do also, like, you know, when you do, um, you know, on water, like, boiling water, how do you call it, anyways, so... That's what you do. You do, take, you do the turkey baster, and you know, and you you uh, impregnate yourself. That's how you do it. I mean, just not. And it sounds weird, but that's how you do it. So we thought, well, that's what he's going to do, and then suddenly, obviously, it changes a lot. The one he's the one does it. It becomes a fucking horrendous scene. Well, but uh, yeah. but that's that that's where it came from. It's not it's not us. You know, turkey baster was already being used for that before our movie. Just.
5: yeah well, I'll never, I'll never forgive you guys for that. I'll never forgive you guys for that. Seriously, jeez, I, I cannot imagine what is on you alls search engine. All the things you have Googled <laughs> just to be able to clarify. Able to clarify. Yeah, yeah. when we're, we're
1: making movies, yeah, you don't want to know. Well, you know, we, we always say that someone's gonna go in our, in our search in history, and we're gonna get you know arrested and deported to Guantanamo. we are gonna have to explain. we filmmakers, just research.
2: That's worse.
5: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I know for for all intents and purposes, the blind man is sort of uh the the villain and the person we're kind of supposed to be rooting against uh but there's a moment early in this film where uh, a group of guys hurt his dog and you know i'm a big dog lover my dog is sleeping right off camera right over there and instantly in that moment i kind of went like well fuck those guys like dude go nuts have fun (laughs) like if you're gonna torture them like make it hurt make it long make it painful yeah like i just like dude all right go nuts what does it say about me that within about 20, like after we just got this first movie where this horrible man does horrible things, within about 15, 20 minutes of the second movie, I'm kind of on his side cheering for him?
4: Well, that, you know, that's because I guess, I really don't have a, 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 an answer for that, but I guess that it's because it, it is, because life is a lot more complex than we think. Right. That's that's what it is. You know, Like nothing is an absolute. And and then you might have a, a very uh, solid idea uh, or your morals or whatever. But then you p- put in a certain situation that will shake the foundations of your cultural programming. And then you will not know what's good or bad under a certain circumstance. Right. Uh, that's, that's a, a dilemma, a strong dilemma will uh, challenge your 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 perception of what's good or bad right so so we like to to we, we like- fuck with you guys that's what we like <laughs> <laughs> that's what
1: we do i mean it, it, it's exactly that i mean it, the first we remember was like okay we're gonna tell them that he's a poor blind man oh i love that guy and it's like and then he executes one of them in the face. Bang! I was like, "What the?" But then you go, "Well, they were breaking the house, and you know he's in And then we got to tell you, well, he has a girl in the cellar. Oh, I don't like that guy anymore. But then we tell you, the girl in the cellar murdered his daughter and get away with it. And you go like. I like the guy again, <laughs> and then we go. Well, but he was planning to do this shit. and You go like, why I don't like the guy at all. So, so it's that's that exactly. What are we doing? It, this is this movies. Although they use those elements that a lot of people find, you know, uh, mostly horror non horror fans find very offensive. They, they don't represent what they really are. They they're fables. They're just they're they're represent some other thing. Your deepest fear, right? Whatever it is that. So we're trying to play with like what if, what is this and what if I tell you this now and what if I tell you that now. So, and, and it, well, it really truly did. We just. Fucking with you guys so you can be confronted with your own prejudice and your own ideas of what you think is right and wrong And and also showing you like never judge someone because you might not know You might like someone but they haven't done these horrible things or you might judge someone that you think did something horrible But it actually there was reasons behind it that once you see them you might understand So it is it is that is a fun exercise for us as storytelling when we create characters like this I mean killing the dog at the very beginning is like don't you love the guy? <laughs> it's, like, it's not that you love him, but at least don't you feel bad about him? Or at least don't you hate those other guys that were coming? Right? At least it creates that very easily. So it, it is a. They're all uh, is writing uh, techniques that we do just to fuck with people. And 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 but and, and uh, the ultimate goal is to entertain you because the the more you're standing on shaky ground when it comes to that, the harder it is to know how the story's gonna end, where it's gonna go. There's no way to guess it, because the first way to guess how a movie's gonna end is to know who's the good guy. (laughs) Because you know the good guy wins. So it's like, who are the good guys here? Who are the bad guys? Who who has good intentions? Because Hollywood movies tend to be aligned with a universal morality of what's right and wrong, so you tend to guess the endings. Um, Not all the time, but most of the time. So that's what we're really trying to do, to make it as shaky as possible and complex enough so you engaged till the very end.
3: Yeah, you could argue that line that that character says, are, "Are are you a bad guy?" Or like, like that that kind of like becomes that question that the character says to Stephen Lang because she's essentially saying you came back from war and it kind of messed you up. And are you really a bad person? Because it's so interesting how you play with us that way. But Sean, go ahead. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of which direction to go because I kind of want to build off of that um, in the fact that Jake was talking about, you know, siding with different people. And the one thing I want to say to you guys is that what's most disturbing is that my allegiance has shifted about 15 different times over the course of this movie. Um, and I know that that's my intention. And so what I'm, what I'm curious about is that right now going into this, and I don't know how much of this you guys are paying attention to, but the idea is like, you know, people watched the trailer and they were like, oh, they turned Stephen Lang's character into the hero. You know, and so I even went into it with a little bit of preconceived notion of like, oh, I guess they're going to make him the hero sort of thing, and he's clearly not, you know, and it's certainly not that simple. So, how hard is it f- uh, for you guys to sit back and and not want to like? Do, do you want to interject? <laughs> And you no. want to be like, Oh, believe me,
4: we want to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is that really difficult? You know, when you start to see a narrative shape about your movie and you have two weeks to go before it's out, that you want to say to these people, because because I think this movie is very sophisticated in the way that it presents characters. And when I heard that, it made me pretty frustrated. <laughs>
1: well, it, it, it is, but that's why we talk with you guys. That's, that's why we show you the movies, because I think whatever we say, uh, at the end day, it, it will be spoilerish as well if we just go too, too deep into it. Um, in two levels, I think. At the end of the day, I kind of get it at some level. Why people get, you know, obviously you get upset. There's a part of that obsession that that you get upset that is what we want. I don't know if you on my Twitter, anybody that can complain can go choose my handle. It says like I make movies to piss you off. So just <laughs> off <out> the bat, <laughs> like if you're complaining, just yeah, like, go ahead and refer to our thing. So it, it is. There's something about that that just is good energy, and, and, and cinema should do that. At some level should challenge you, and make you mad about things, and, and and come out of there thinking about something. So, um, but there's a part of that, that I understand. That we don't want s- songs to be sing to certain characters in life. Um, I think storytelling got very complex lately, for the better. Uh, I don't know Jamie Lannister for the you know for you guys that follow Game of Thrones. Who didn't like that guy at some point? He was yeah, fucking yeah. his sister yeah. and murder a child on opening the opening. First, 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 first episode. episode. Yeah. First
2: episode. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, he, he, for some reason he didn't die, but obviously he was trying to kill him. And we like him like later. Yeah. yeah, many seasons later, they turn around in some level, you know. I think what the I think you can you can take these characters to many places journey-wise. The only place where, and we agree with, mo- with most of the audience, Morally, yes, we have to be careful what the stories we tell and how, how you make the world feel, the, the the audience feel that the world is. So our true point of view on the character with the questions like, does he deserve to pay, live, die? If we tell you, we'll be spoiling the movie. You got to watch the movie to know. You watch the movie and you know what we gave him at, uh, you know, at the end. What do we believe his fate is? And that's where we stand on what to believe, probably, you know, the, the, where, where life, uh, the, if you lead a life like that, how yeah. are you are going to end up? Um, I guess at some level. But it, it, and, and you could even argue, is that the end of the story for this character? Maybe, because the end of the story for this character, it, it will depend. Um, so it's not until everything is said and done that you have, you have, you have shown your point of view as a, feel, as a writer about a character. It's not until everything is said and done. That's when you go, go that's how we see... And also sometimes they're tragedies. I mean, you can say really something, you, you can give a villain a happy ending, but that doesn't mean we think that's the way it should go. It's just us saying, well, dude, life is fucked up. <laughs> Chinatown ends that way. And you go, dude, it's Chinatown, forget about it. That's how it is. And and, and that's great. And, and the guy, John Huston takes his daughter and <laughs> it's a horrible ending. Do, do you think the filmmakers believe that 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 John Huston deserved that that's what is right? I don't think so. I think it's just they see life as a fucking horrible place, particularly after
2: what happened to that. They probably didn't have test audiences back then.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. There, there's something about the complexity of the characters and who do you put... A, I think to make them protagonists, you can make anybody a protagonist, it doesn't matter. I, I think is yes, to give them heroic journeys that redeems them from something that some people think you should never be redeemed from, that's, that's more complex. But still, in an ideal world, this should be a fascinating conversation we have about film and storytelling. But unfortunately, lately, we live in a world where like, it just people want to censor it. Like if we yeah, make yeah. we don't make movies with taxpayer money, you know just, <laughs> and and we're from Uruguay as well, so we we grew up in a different reality where our culture is aligned in different ways sometimes when it comes to storytelling. That's why if you look at our movies, even you know, if you think about Evil Dead, like the main character becomes the monster of the movie that becomes the main character in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. They, we have different approaches to it, and that, those things are kind of normal for us. Uh, and then we realize here sometimes that people get shocked about some of those uh, that takes on characters
6: and storytelling, but you, you gotta understand also that they come from a cultural place. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force.
3: Absolutely. I, I gotta give you guys a shout out, by the way. Um, this is not my question specifically, but that one-er, um in the house when you when when they first go in and we're going up and down the stairs. I mean, that was incredible. Uh, one of the best wonders. I, I know. I can tell. I know you're stitching it. I, I could tell in terms of that, but it was really really cool to see it uh, in terms of the immersion of that scene. Um, Fede, I, I had a question about this. Uh, I, I, I was wondering about this because I found this fascinating. In the original film, uh, when the blind man opens his safe, the number he puts in is two nine seven eight which is your birthday, February 9th, 1978. And then in this film, there's another February date that's mentioned by a character of their birthday being February 20th. So I was curious um, what other Easter eggs you put in. Whose birthday is February... (laughs)
4: that's my birthday Uh,
3: oh okay so so that's cool so basically can you talk about other little easter eggs you guys sprinkle in so her so her birthday in the film is roto's birthday and then the 2978 that's really cool can you talk about other other little easter eggs you put in there
4: well uh the turkey baster is in there somewhere
3: (laughs) is it really no it's not
4: It is. It is. It is. It is. You gotta spot it. You get. You, you
1: could. Uh, we wait. Someone's gonna pause a frame and it's super clear. It's like <laughs> bang. <laughs>
0: wait well, a second. For real. I missed
1: it. I missed it totally. Oh. No. It's really, really,
4: really hard to catch. Really hard to get. I mean, you're, you're gonna have to. You know but that's that's a Go treasure hunt
5: we'll send what kind of day is that like on set you guys have to like make a conscious choice like all right we're gonna put it right here make sure we <laughs> shoot it in such a way so you can't really like that and obviously effort went into not making it apparent like what kind of conversation goes into it like where you place the turkey baster
4: <laughs> well i mean someone i guess i what we were gonna shoot and someone showed up with that you know <laughs> the art department because they thought you know n- n- nothing in particular they thought maybe they might want to use this they guessed you know well maybe they want to use it so I, I brought it and I just grabbed it and I was like okay let me put it somewhere and I just walk around on the set and just place it there
1: um, Stephen Lang by the way he remember when he pitched the beginning he wanted to start the movie on Thanksgiving <laughs> The idea was dismissed. Were well, we
5: gonna get an origin story of the turkey baster? <laughs> oh,
2: the idea no. was
1: dismissed right away because you could imagine what was that first. Image. <laughs> oh, so wow. you get a true story—that's you were yeah. that. I don't even know if it was tongue in cheek, but he was serious about it. He yeah, definitely <laughs> wanted. That's funny. Oh, oh my god! Wow.
3: Now I now I, keep, now I keep thinking about Grindhouse. And it's like Thanksgiving. Remember that, those <laughs> trailers that happened in between? <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. Um, so you know when the when John Carpenter made the first Halloween, Michael Myers was very clearly a man like he was terrifying and he was horrifying but he was a man over you know 40 years worth of sequels he's kind of evolved into this monster and you can't really kill him and he lives forever and it is what it is it's just the evolution of horror obviously with this series the blind man is is a man but as you progress with this series and and stephen lang made a joke about playing this character until he's dead like how do you refrain from Making him that kind of like invincible monster because because a lot of times that makes it easy to get out of situations. But how do you not turn him into sort of this Michael Myers you can he can never be killed kind of monster?
4: I think I think we we make it clear that he's a human being, Mm -hmm. and 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 uh, that's why we decided to tell the story. You know, to to go into to take a closer look at, at this guy and explore his his psychology and, you know, everything that's going on inside his head. Uh, And and I think uh, after this movie, it's it's pretty clear that this is a a real human being, very flawed, that it's been in a a very dark place for a very long time, uh, that it's been through a lot of pain and that has caused a lot of pain, but it's clearly a human being. It's not a supernatural force by any means. For now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on the next one he gets some
1: yeah.
5: voodoo shit by, on By you. Don't Breathe 8, is it going to be the blind man the ideas, in space? Ideas, man.
1: You're giving me ideas.
2: <laughs> don't get Breathe voodoo, 8 home for the holidays.
1: I uh, some voodoo ritual on him and like suddenly he leaves forever.
2: I want to ask real quick too as a follow-up. There's a moment when Rylan gets, a, 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 gets asked how many people they should send. And he screams, uh, all of you! And I of have to... Is, is that an Oldman? Is that a Gary Oldman homage? Everyone! <laughs> Every-
4: that line uh, of the, the true story,
1: that, that that scene, I heard Gary Oldman saying, like, he was joking. He wasn't going to play like that. He was like, yeah. he played small, and I think, uh, that, you know, uh, Luc Besson says, like, Can you do bigger? Like, what? Like this?
0: <laughs>
2: and they go, like, he, he, that's the take. <laughs> So, Roy, was that your was that your direction is that what you told him to I think I think that that is something that we were, were
4: playing around with Fede it even, at, uh, even at the writing stage you know and, but that tells you guys you know, that 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 what we do is we 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 play with this and we have a lot of fun you know and there's a lot of that just oh just I remember that scene yeah we just said homage oh, or whatever and and that is a part of the process you know it's, we are more than filmmakers we are we are, we are uh, fans fans of movies you know <laughs> so it's 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 a lot of fun to to play with those elements and, 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 mm. and hide them in a way in the movies that we make and most people the reality is
1: like you got to think about this way it's like um what year is that movie from it's like what 90 something 95, Ninety-seven? 97 yeah 24. 23 years ago yeah. oh really wow okay yeah so like you know more than 20 years ago imagine when when you watch a movie you're 1992 right that summer you watch this movie it's great It has a line in it and and you, and, and your father goes like that's from a movie <laughs> In 1972, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Gene Hackman, yeah, <laughs> Gene Hackman says a similar line. Now that's Two us. You were in 95, you go like, I don't give yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. That's so that, that, that's the way we see it. Most of the time, if there's enough in the past, I do that, I translate it that way, and I know that most of the audience won't go like, how dare they?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, there is I, one I, that I, is worse I, than that, by the way. I'm sure you'll get to that, but, well, let's let's continue
3: well one of the things i wanted to bring up specifically is i i know that on the first don't breathe uh, Stephen lang wore contact lenses that partially essentially gave him a a blind element to the in terms of like the performance i was curious if anything changed from don't breathe one to don't breathe two in terms of how you were going to execute the blindness and specifically like there's scenes in this film where he's swinging like some pretty insane things while blind. And I wonder if he's in fact wearing those contact lenses in those moments, how he even knows in terms of blocking what he's hitting, what's in front of him. Um, can you walk through kind of like the process of what, what, what it was from the first one to the second one and kind of how you do execute the blindness for the character?
4: Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you this, finished out the first movie and I thought, I had exa- the exact same question you're asking me now And then when i went on to shoot this one with that question in mind i realized that the answer is no he can't see shit and you better get out of the way and it's dangerous and he is swinging the machete just like that and you know you what we got to do is just clear out but that and that's it and then and then how does he hit his marks you know. do it you do it a, a thousand times that's, that's why you do it. it. Yeah, it's very complicated. And on top of that, you had dogs. So at some point, we have Stephen Lang, who can't see anything, and a dog, both in the same scene. Imagine that. <laughs> <The marks. laughs> How blind is it, do the
3: contacts make him? Is it fully? Can, can he see anything? No, he whole? can
4: see a little bit. He said that it it's like he can see like 20, 15, 20%. So wow. he's pretty much blind. So the mark, you know, you put marks for actors, you know, that's your mark here. You got to hit it. Usually it's just a piece of tape. For for him is like a big green light, this big.
3: Oh. Otherwise he doesn't see it. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. I yeah. was actually, that was like, I was watching him swing that thing. I'm like, how the hell are they filming this if he's actually wearing those contacts? So, yeah, yeah. Jake, go ahead. It is tricky,
4: um, yeah.
5: You know, I, I know that Sam Raimi helped you guys out a lot uh, whenever you guys were working on the remake of Evil Dead, but I was curious, you know, he gave you advice that you probably remember your entire career. In 20 years, if someone comes to you and says they want to remake, don't breathe, what's the most important piece of advice that you would give them based on what you've, you've learned on this film?
1: great question um, great question
4: well you know what I would say what, what Sam told us he said just uh, make it your own you know and, and don't try don't try to be me mm-hmm. meaning Sam right just make your own uh, and that was liberating for us right so I guess we would say the same thing
1: yeah only Evil, that really allowed us allowed us to to take the material and run with it and and um and not feeling that there was a target we need to hit, that there was no right answer uh, when it came to what was the story we need to tell. Um, it was it was really him going like, you know, the movies are there, you know, use whatever you want and uh, or don't, you know, just make it your own. And and uh, he, he guided us also through the process of of different versions probably different uh, original ideas for that film um, I think that's I mean, support is what you want usually from a producer and uh, someone someone that believes in you and lets you do your thing and and, uh, and just and you can generally see that he that you know that he believes in you that it's not bullshit what they're saying that they truly believe in you and that that empowers you a lot and that's what you want as a filmmaker to, to, to feel you know uh, you know I think confident enough to just tell certain stories in a certain way and just do make your own thing
2: yeah well guys we are um incredibly thankful for having you guys on the show uh that was fun really really appreciate the time and enjoy talking to you guys I, I know listen we're trained as as you know a marvel audience to stay to the end credits i want you guys to just let people know that they should stay all the way till the very end because you have a little surprise for them
1: we yeah i mean if there might be nothing at the end. There might be something, <laughs> but at the very, very, very end,
2: the very, very end,
1: roll mm-hmm. ends. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. I'm glad that that's my tradition to stay because I would have, I would have yeah. gotten up and ran to the bathroom. So, <laughs> just and a, next a time note, release, everyone:
3: release, don't breathe three on Thanksgiving if you guys can.
2: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you guys. Appreciate Thank it. Guys. Have Thanks a good night. Much. It was, it was yeah. a blast.
1: Thank you guys. Oh, Thank you. appreciate
2: it naturally we want to thank Sony for giving us time with Fede and Roto we're going to review Don't Breathe 2 on the main show which should be out later this week probably on Thursday so make sure you're looking out uh, for our conversation about that Uh, spoiler alert I liked it a lot more than I thought but that's all I can tell you right now Uh, going forward I want to remind you guys that we're doing doing the live tweet of Raiders of the Lost Ark it's going to be the entire Real Blend team as well as a lot of really cool people from Cinema Blend Uh, that's going to be on Monday August 30th and all the information is on our socials so make sure that you get your copy of Raiders and be ready to tweet along with us. Uh, And in the meantime, we'll see you when the the main show kicks back up with plenty of more interviews and commentary about all the things you guys love uh, in the world of movies.